Welcome to the Being Light podcast, where we explore the pathways to a stress-free and anxiety-free life. Actually, let me correct that. It can't be stress-free and anxiety-free all the time. But what we can do is learn the tools and techniques to mitigate the stress that we feel and understand the emotions associated with them. I'm your host, Lawrence, and in today's episode, we'll be diving deep into the topic of stress and anxiety, understanding some of the basics, and identifying the types of stress that you might be facing in your life, and learning some actionable first steps in managing them effectively. So, let's start with the basics. Stress and anxiety are natural responses that our bodies produce when we are encountering challenges or threats. In tiny increments and small doses, this stress can be beneficial. Think about if you are in the Olympics and you're about to race, this adrenaline and this cortisol in your body really pushes you to achieve more and be better. I'm sure you heard of a lot before, but when you think about stress, it comes from an evolutionary desire to protect ourselves. The stress back then was chasing a saber-toothed tiger away from our family where the tiger could come and eat us. But nowadays, we don't have that stress for the most part. Our stress is typically involved with, did I answer that email? Oh, did I pick up groceries? Did I leave that frozen food out to thaw? And this motivates us to take action and perform and to do things when it's important to us. However, this prolonged stress and overwhelming anxiety can be detrimental to your physical and mental well-being. Think about it. It's not the big things that really get to you. It's usually those smaller little incremental stresses that really affect us. That huge project we don't do or didn't do. Yeah, it sucks at the time, but for the most part, we get over it. It's those little things like the emails that keep coming in, the bills that keep piling up, just small incremental stress that really affect our day-to-day life. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's kind of look at some of the common types of stress. Uh, You have acute stress, something that's like very short-term and just comes at you suddenly, right? It's often linked to a specific event, like like we mentioned, the impeding deadline or or public speaking. Usually when you're about to speak, that's when your stress is like the highest. But when you start acting and start talking, usually mitigates, right? You have chronic stress. So unlike acute stress, which is something that just kind of comes in and out, This is something that persists over a more extended period, like ongoing relationship issues, uh, work-related pressures. Maybe you're applying for different jobs and you're just, you're on, you're pressuring yourself to get somewhere and it's just not working, right? So when you get a rejection letter or an acceptance letter, or you're about to open it, there's that acute stress, that really quick pop of stress. But then when you consistently get those rejections or you're just not getting where you want to go, that builds up into chronic stress. Then you have environmental stress, something like from your surroundings, uh, loud noises, um, being in a crowded space where you feel confined, or uncomfortable living environment. Speaking of living environment, you also have social stresses, something that, you know, you have conflicts with friends, with families, colleagues, coworkers, etc. That's where social stress comes in. And then you have physiological stress, things that happen from illness, not sleeping enough, inadequate nutrition, not getting enough sun, not drinking enough water. As you can see, all of these kind of build up together. If you're feeling a lot of acute stress, like little stressors throughout the day, it becomes chronic stress, 
when you're chronically stressed, you're probably not going to sleep well. You're not going to eat healthily. You're going to make bad uh, dietary decisions. You're not going to make the choices that make you feel better. When you don't feel better, you're probably not going to want to go out and socialize. And when you don't socialize, you're probably not going to want to be around your environment. And you just can't figure it out. Because usually we look at the root problem. We look at what's immediate, what's currently affecting us. We never really get into, or we hardly ever get into the why. So why is this one thing affecting me? When I did mental health uh, mentoring, I helped an individual. She just broke a vase. And I came into the room and I asked her, oh, what did the vase do to you? And she said, nothing. It didn't do anything to me, technically. I said, okay, so why'd you break it? Well, I got upset. Okay, so why are you upset? And you go on and on in this, in this why and asking, where does this come from? Because the action that you're seeing is typically not the cause of the stress. It's the accumulation of the stress. Kind of like when you're boiling water and all of a sudden it starts, the water boils out and you hear the whistling. It's not about that one flash in the pan moment where everything boils out versus the slow accumulation of the boiling water that really makes it pop. You ever hear the term... Um, having a long, longer fuse, short fuse, kind of like that. It's the accumulation of the little things that make the big problem. So now that we have a kind of better understanding of stress and anxiety and the basics, it's essential to recognize signs and symptoms. Um, physically, it can be headaches, a lot of tension. You know, you, you really tighten the neck. Um, stomach issues, you're not digesting well. You just, you're not going to the restroom right. Being overly tired and fatigued, or just constant rapid heart rate. Uh, emotionally, this can be the feeling of overwhelm, that feeling of impending doom, as we used to say, um, being irritable, or constantly on edge. You ever feel that way, where you're just waiting for something to go wrong, and you just keep looking for those things to go wrong? Mentally, this is racing thoughts, um, difficulty concentrating, or just memory problems. You're so preoccupied with what's going on in your day, that you can't take a moment to recognize what's in front of you, what's the task you're doing without the little back end, little small stressors seeping in in the back. This can be shown behaviorally in changes in appetite, uh, different sleep patterns, or withdrawing from social activities. All of these, again, are correlated with one another. If you feel headaches constantly, you're not going to go out. If you're not going out, you're not connecting with your environment and people, so you feel like you don't have a support system, you might get overwhelmed because you feel overwhelmed. You can't concentrate on your task at hand. So it's not about stress in the sense of, I can't pay my bills. It's stress in the sense of, I can't pay my bills because I don't have this job I want. I didn't go to this college that I wish I went to. I didn't make the friends and connections I went to. And we start cycling and spinning. The good news about knowing and understanding stress from the physical, emotional, cognitive, behavioral standpoint is that there are actionable steps you can take once you identify and you can, um, once you identify the stress, you can manage that anxiety and stress effectively. So some of the most important ways and the most significant ways you can do this is just taking a moment to reflect on yourself. You're gonna feel emotions, you're gonna feel stress, you're gonna feel anger, etc. The thing is you need to be able to catch yourself in the moment before you get to that pop-off point and just watch the emotion go by. So kind of imagine there's like, you're watching the planes fly over you, right? You don't think of anything, you just kind of watch it go by. 
I think a lot of us experience stress when we associate ourselves with that stress. Uh, being in America, we're very proud to be busy. We're very proud to be stressful. It means you're important. It means you're doing something. But I think we need to flip this over and say, maybe your importance comes from the fact you don't feel stressed. You've pushed everything off, not pushed everything off. You've offloaded what isn't going to serve you so you don't feel stressed. If you're taking care of your family and you feel happy about taking care of your family, that shouldn't stress you out. That should excite you. It gives you energy, right? So I want to share with you a couple of these actionable steps before we get into the end of this podcast. Number one, being self-aware. It's super simple and really basic. I'm sure you've heard it all the time. It's taking a moment to check in with yourself, recognizing the signs of your stress and anxiety when they come up. Your stress, your anxiety, the way you display it isn't going to be the same as how your friends, family, etc. display it. We're all unique in a certain way where we don't act and we don't show our stress similarly. If I'm working a 60K job on Excel all day, that's a different stress than someone who's managing a financial consulting business with billions of dollars on the line for a bunch of really rich clients who's working on micro nanoseconds of trading algorithms, right? They're going to be different. So taking a moment to understand this is where I'm at, this is what's going on in my life, and this is where I'm trying to figure out how to get to where I want, that's all part of the self-awareness piece. What are the signs that I'm getting stressed? And what are the things I can do to calm down and step back and let the thoughts fly over me as I just watch them go by? Number two, journaling. I know I thought we all left writing and stuff back in middle school, right? But it's really important to write down your thoughts in order to really see what are you, what are you thinking about? What's consistently in your head? The nice part about writing is that it takes it out, literally it takes it off of your mind and into paper where you're not storing it all in your head. The literal act of writing takes these images out of your head and onto paper and it offloads some of your brain activity. It's kind of like whenever you get that notice that your phone storage or your, your laptop storage is too full, you have to offload some of it, right? So you're either going to delete some things or you're going to um, move them around or you just condense it or you save it to a different drive. That's what journaling does. It helps you take some of the stress off by putting it onto something else. Writing your thoughts down and writing down your feelings really gives you the ability to look back and look at it from an objective standpoint. You're not trying to struggle with understanding it all in your head versus when you read it on paper, you're looking at it from an objective view of, oh, this is what this person's thinking. This is what I'm thinking. This is how this looks. What can I do about it? It's like bringing in another set of eyes, literally, to look at the stress and what's going on with you. The third technique we can use is mindfulness and meditation. Not meditation in the sense of you sit in a dark room, close your eyes and um for five minutes. Rather, when you take that moment of self-awareness, when you journal, you're gonna like stay present. That's what meditation and mindfulness is about staying present in the current moment. You're not trying to, you're not thinking about the past. You're not overly focused on the future. You're really sitting in what's right now. And this helps bring you down and reduce anxious thoughts by focusing on why is this important to me now? 
when you start asking those questions and questioning the thoughts, you're breaking the pattern of, I'm stressed, I'm freaking out, I need to do this, right? This, 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 this. Instead, we're taking a moment, we're looking at it objectively from the present point of view and saying, oh, this is what needs to be done right now. What can I do to accomplish this? Another step kind of goes on the opposite side, or maybe on the same side of the meditation, is physical activity. Just moving your body literally releases the energy that you're pent up. How many times have you sat there stressing out about a test, your job, this worksheet, this workbook, etc., and you don't get anything done because you're sitting there stressing about it? You feel all this pent-up energy like, I need to get this done, I need to get this done, I need to get this done. And you're probably sitting down while you do that. You know, most of us have office jobs where you're just sitting down all day. If you're in a physical job, you probably don't have enough time to really sit there and think about it. And this is why physical activity is so important. Just the physical act of moving, getting your blood flowing, makes your brain literally re-energizes your brain and gives you clarity because now that you're moving, your body's getting the signal of, okay, what can we do to be more active and get this actively done? Stress and anxiety is built up energy. You have to let it release. And finally, having a social support system, having friends and family that you can talk to, maybe a therapist or counselor if you need that level of um, assistance. Being able to express your feelings means, just like the journaling, you're able to get it out there. So I suggest you find a group that's really... Not some people who are going to be like, yeah, they're wrong and you're always right. You don't find yes men. Find a group where you can say, hey, this is what I'm feeling and I don't know how to express it. I'm not really sure what to do. Can you help me figure out? You've been in this situation. What did you do? How did, how did these things help you? I hope this gave you a little bit of insight into stress and anxiety and how we can use these feelings to really propel our life forward. Once you understand what's going on, you can use that as a tool to guide you moving forward. Remember, it's so crucial to be patient with yourself throughout this entire process. Identifying and managing stress and anxiety is a journey that requires time and effort. You're gonna have to really dig deep and focus on being intentional about digging into these things. The most important thing to do is to take that first step and be willing to learn and grow. If you're willing to learn and grow and want to take a first step and don't know where to go, follow and subscribe to this podcast. It's called Being Light for a Reason. Literally, guide. Like, you use a light to guide you, right? And being light as in <sighs> releasing that energy. I hope you found this insightful, and I hope you found this helpful in your pursuit of a stress-free and anxiety-free life. So join us next time as we explore more ways to nurture your well-being in living a balanced and more fulfilling life. Again, if you enjoy this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review. Share with us um, any comments or thoughts you have about this podcast. And if you think it was worth it, please share this podcast with anyone who might benefit from it. Until next time, take care and remember, you have the power to live a life fulfilled with life. Be light and share that with others.